But extended ambiguity is the idea that we can't see a time in the future where things are going to change for the better. And uh, you know what? You got to look to something better. The Bible says to look to God, who is your rock. Five life lessons we can learn uh, from the children of Israel. Uh, uh, and so let's get to number one. God is a better God than me. Number two, when I'm my own God, my life will be empty. Number three, uh, when I'm my own God, I've got nothing to learn. And number four, when I'm my own God, my life will fall apart. Number five, when I'm my own God, there's no one there to fix it for me. And may you let this guide you. Let God be God. Hey, are you over it? Are you over the politics? Over the hate? I mean, sometimes when I get on social media, I just want to grab my donut and grab some M&Ms and just say, forget all this stuff because I am so over it. So I want to ask you that. Are you over it? Uh, you know, maybe you're thinking this, you know, I'm over, I'm over exercise and eating right. So I'm overweight. <laughs> or I'm over spit and I'm in debt. Okay, that's not even funny. Or how about this? I'm overworked and I'm overstressed. Or I'm overtired and I'm sleep deprived. Uh, it seems like so many people I'm talking to right now say, you know, I, I'm doing uh, so much less activity but I feel more tired than I ever have before. Why? Because we're just over it. And we're in a culture that is over it in all the wrong ways. And that's what I want you to think about because God doesn't want that to be who you are. And, and this time, this time of crisis, this time of testing, it is a test. Uh, are we going to be in the over it culture, overweight, over in debt, overtired, overstressed, or does God have something better for you and for me? And by the way, he does. In the book of Isaiah, we begin to see that. In the book of Isaiah, we begin to see that there's a whole different way that God wants us to live. You see, we are tired and stressed out as a society and nothing is really working. Uh, the vast majority are not doing the right things. Uh, and you know what? We're trusting in the wrong things to fix all those things that are happening. And all these things we're trusting in, in the end, will fail to fix it. You can't really trust in yourself to fix everything. You can't trust in the government to fix everything. And, and by the way, you can't even trust that your health is always going to be good because there really is an impending crisis out there. So we've got to trust in something better. We've got to trust in something more. And Isaiah, believe it or not, was living in a similar time. Uh, he was experiencing circumstances very much like what you and I are. Uh, people were trusting in themselves. And then they, they decided to trust in other governments like Egypt. And then they even turned to trust in Assyria, which was a huge empire that was threatening to come and storm and take their land and exile them into all the world, never to be at home again. And they were so tempted to trust in that. And God, through Isaiah, was saying, hey, this is just not going to work. This is just not going to work. And, and God was saying through Isaiah something I believe you and I need to really listen to. God is saying this, why are you even doing that? Um, why are you trusting in things that won't bring you happiness? Why are you trusting in things that won't bring you joy? Why are you trusting in things that won't bring you satisfaction, uh, that won't give you prote protection, and it won't give you peace? 
So right now, maybe that's you. And I want you to know, God, God is saying, why are you doing this? He's not saying he won't help you. He's not saying he won't be there for you. He's saying, why? Why do you think that that will work? And by the way, how's that working for you right now? So God's calling for you and I to, to do something else. God is saying, trust in me. God's saying, trust in me. And God's saying, go to my word because my word is true. Trust in my word and trust in me. And we're in a world right now that doesn't do that. So we're paying the price for it. Isaiah chapter eight, verse 20 says, look to God's instruction and teaching. Don't miss those words again. Look to what? Look to God's instruction and teaching. And then it goes on to say, people who contradict his word are completely in the dark. They will go from one place to another, weary and hungry because they're not trusting. They're not trusting. And because they are hungry, they will rage and curse and their king and their God, they will look up to heaven and down to earth. But wherever they look, wherever, look at those words, wherever they look, there will be trouble and anguish and dark despair. They will be thrown into our darkness. God says, I don't want you in anguish and despair. So what do you do? You do the opposite. You look to God's instructions and teaching. Uh, the world we're living in today is a world that's not getting it. Uh, yet you've been in, if you've been studying with Isaiah with me, you know something else. There's always a remnant. There's always a remnant. The remnant is a main theme in the book of Isaiah. The remnant are people who are faithful few that are committed to Christ and to his ways. The remnant, by the way, God says, won't be tired. Oh, wow, listen to that. The remnant won't be tired. The remnant won't lack joy. Uh, the remnant won't be living a meaningless life that doesn't have any real value or worth. The remnant, the remnant will be different. And in this day and this time, there's a remnant. And I want you to be a part of that remnant. And I want you to experience the joy of being in the remnant, the love, the peace, the, the purpose that you live with in this time. Isaiah warned that the people of his day, that they were trusting in all the wrong things. So what happened? Uh, the people said, we're going to trust in Egypt. And God said, that's not going to work. Uh, if you were in our study, he said, Egypt's like a big crocodile that's on the bank of a river. It looks strong. It looks imposing. And by the way, it looks scary. But a little sound makes it dive into the water and hide. And he said, if you trust in Egypt, that's all you're going to get. And the very moment you think it's going to work, Egypt will be gone and, and you'll be left with nothing. Then again, they started thinking, well, if we can't trust in Egypt, let's try to make a deal with Assyria, who's threatening to invade us and threatening to subjugate us. And the Lord warns them that even Assyria is temporary. As powerful as they looked, is impending uh, 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 a strength that they imposed. Uh, he said, they're temporary, they're temporary. And he goes, by the way, they're just a tool that I'm going to use for a period of time, and then they're going to vanish and be gone. And he said, plus by getting involved with them, it's gonna hurt you. It's gonna hurt you because it's in their nature not to help, but to hurt. So what I wanna tell you is God is saying, don't trust in those kinds of things. And so many today, by the way, are doing the same thing. You're trusting in something that you think is going to help, but in the end, it may create deep hurt and intense pain. And God is going, I don't want that for you. Uh, we know the statistics are showing that too many people are doing that. Uh, as we saw, it's sad, it's scary, it's tragic, 
that there's a 70% increase in depression and anxiety right now over what there was in March when it was already sky high. Um, the economy could get worse again. Now, I hope it doesn't, I, and maybe it won't, but you can't even trust it's going to be there. And, and, and so what we gotta do is ask, what are we going to do that's different? What are you gonna do that's different? See, in our day, in our time, too many people think, well, they'll get pleasure in this moment from alcohol, and then they become alcoholics. They think they're gonna get pleasure from overspending. So you buy and buy and buy, and then you find yourself in deeper debt. We think we're gonna get pleasure and purpose from a political party. Uh, and guess what? A political movement. And in the end, they're gonna be gone. Uh, and none of it's going to really make a difference. Let me say this, if you don't know it's true, it is true. The church is the only hope for the world. Why? Because the church belongs to God. In the end, the church is the only one that makes a real change and then makes a real difference. And so when you come to Christ, you experience what God does in your life through the church. Uh, many, many, many people don't see that what we need to do is do what Isaiah tells us to do. Isaiah tells us we need to wait on the Lord. Now I want you to think about that. He says, I want you to find strength. I want you to find purpose. I want you to find joy. I want you to find peace by waiting on the Lord. But what does that mean? What does that mean? See, for a lot of people, they think waiting on the Lord is sitting here with your Coke and your M&Ms and your donut. Lord, I'm waiting on you. Lord, <laughs> I'm waiting on you. Here I am. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. But you know what? That's not what that means. Uh, it doesn't mean that. So what do you need to do? You need to know a whole new and more accurate definition of what it means to wait on the Lord. Uh, because listen to this special promise. It says in Isaiah 40, 31, it says this, yet those who wait on the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up on wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired and they will walk and not become weary. But you already know this, if I sit here eating three or four more of these, and I have the rest of these, which are awesome, uh, and sit with my Coke and say, God, I'm waiting on you. I'm not gonna get new strength. I'm not gonna find new vitality. So guess what? Waiting on God doesn't mean sitting here. It means, it means being there in a place like this at Cowboy Surfer Grill, where you start to understand what it means to have the right definition of waiting on the Lord. So I want you to think about what does it mean? What is the correct definition? What's the right understanding? Well, to get you there, you might wanna know this. Actually, you do need to know this. The word wait actually is a verb. It, it's active. It, it has action to it. Uh, a verb means you're doing something, not you're not doing something. So you're not sitting on a couch waiting for God to do something for you. If you're waiting on the Lord, guess what you're doing? You're doing something for God. That's a big deal. You're not sitting on a couch waiting for God to do something for you. You're doing something for God. It's active. It's a verb. So listen to what it says again. Yet those who wait on the Lord, those who do something with God and for God will gain new strength. They will mount up on wings like eagles. They'll run. Notice you're doing something and not get tired. They'll walk. Notice you're doing something and they won't become weary. 
You won't become weary. You won't become tired. Why? You're going to get stronger. And then you're going to get stronger and stronger. And you're going to find yourself gaining vitality. That's what God wants for you to do. And you might say, okay, but how do I wait on God? Well, well let's don't miss what's happening right now. When you come to a place like this, uh, come to Cowboy Surfer Grill, there's a waiter or a waitress or a server. By the way, very often, guys, do we call them servers? Why? Because they serve you. You don't serve them. And then they come up to you and they greet you. And then what do they do? They want to know what you want. And we say this very often, they want you to give them your order. In other words, don't miss that. It's your order. They, you give them your order of what you want and how you want it and, and how much you want and what you want it with. And God's doing the same thing. You see, when I wait on God, I want to know what God's order is. I want him to know what his command is. I want to know what he wants me to do. And then what do I do? I want to do it the way God wants me to do it, at the speed God wants me to do it, because nobody wants to wait in a restaurant. You actually want your food in a timely way, served the way you like it, right? That's what it means to have a good waiter or waitress. And then what happens is you begin to experience all the promises that God has promised you and promised me. Uh, there's a, a woman uh, who was named Hannah Hill. Hannah is single. Hannah, by the way, is pregnant. Uh, but she's a server in a restaurant. And, and so there's a pastor who would come in and she would wait on him. And he was always touched by how kind she was and how efficient she was. She always greeted him and showed kindness to him and love to him. She never acted like she was tired. She was always doing things with him and for him. And one day he began to ask about her pregnancy and found out she was going to have a boy. And then just a few days ago, not that long ago, she actually told him that she was going to name her son, not knowing this, by the way, she was going to name her son the name of the pastor's son who had passed away just about a year ago. The anniversary was coming. And uh, that pastor loved his son. And he went home and told his wife, he said, you know, remember that girl, Hannah, who's so kind and so nice, that waitress, Hannah, who always takes care of us. She's going to name her son the name of our son. And so what they decided to do was to go back and give her a tip. And he gave her a $12,000 tip. That just happened, you know, that just happened. Why? Because she was an incredible waitress serving him because she was kind and because she honored his son who died. By the way, you can't miss the parallel. God, God wants you to be kind. God wants you to wait on him. And God wants you to honor his son, Jesus, who died for you. Come on, anybody out there, put it in the chat. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. And that's what it means for you and I to do this the way God wants to. So how do I wait on the Lord? How do you wait on the Lord? Well, number one, you need to be committed to him, his word, and his ways. You need to be committed to him, his word, and his ways. Uh, so Isaiah told us to do that. Remember we said, I read this earlier. Isaiah said, go to the uh, instructions, go to the commands, go to the book of the Lord. And you know what you need and I need to do that. Jesus in John chapter eight said this. He said, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Notice so many people today are going to the wrong things and ended up in bondage. They're ending up in addiction and bad habits and debt and tired and weary and worried. And Jesus said, but if you go by my word and my ways, if you continue in my teachings, you're gonna find freedom. 
uh, in Isaiah, he said, you'll find vitality. And so we need to do that. So what do you practically need to do? Hey, you guys, I say it all the time. Every day, get up and read God's word and look for what he tells you to do. Look for his orders, okay? What he's ordering you to do. Write it down. Uh, by the way, not every server or waitress has to write it down, but a lot of them do. They take your order and write it down so you get it right. I'm going to tell you, write it down. Write it down. And I'm not the only one who says that. Dr. Carolyn Leaf says something powerful happens when you write it down. She says, when you write it out, and by the way, write it out even creatively, it, it goes deep and deeper and becomes more effective in your life. So we need to do that. And whatever he tells you to do in his word, you do. Now I'm gonna list some of these things. There's a lot he tells you to do. By the way, always for your good. And it won't wear you out. It'll energize you and build you up. So for instance, uh, God says to put him first in the way you communicate. What I say, what I speak, what I post, what I email, what I text, all should honor God because God wants my heart to be right. And so in Matthew 12, 34, it says, for whatever is in your heart determines what you say or post or tweet. Uh, it, it determines it from your heart. So if I'm going to be waiting on God correctly, I take his order to only post, to only say good things, edifying things, loving things. So I put God first in my communication. The next way I honor God and show I'm committed to his word and his ways is I, I put God first in my finances. So not only in my communication, but in my finances. Why? Because it's a hard issue too. Now Jesus actually tells you very clearly this in Matthew 23, 23, he says, you should tithe. Yes, you should tithe. Yes. Uh, that's clear. So if you went up to wait on Jesus, one of the things he'd say to you, you should tithe. And if you're a good waiter or a good waitress, what are you going to do? You're going to tithe. Now, what does that mean? Give the first 10% of any income that comes in back to the Lord. You return it back to him. Why? Because he said to do it and he's the one giving the order or orders. And so you and I need to do that. Uh, in Matthew 6, 19 to 21, Jesus also said, this is a hard issue. He says, do not store for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, your heart is also. Now, now you know what? If you're going to be faithful, you have to be faithful in the area of finances. But I want to share something with you I, I share a lot. The Bible says that we are to trust God, but also test God in this by giving a tithe to God and see if he doesn't bless us back. Now, so he gives you the order and then he's going to bless you back. That's what God actually says he'll do in Malachi, in the book of Malachi. And so here's what I want to tell you. We know this is very difficult and very hard for some of you to do, especially in this season. But I want to promise you it will give you vitality. You'll experience God but you don't have to do it alone. You don't have to do it alone. So we have what we call the tithe challenge. And I wanna share that with you today. If you'll agree to tithe to God faithfully for the next three months, I mean, you'll give an identifiable gift to the church, to Crossroads for the next three months in a way we know you're doing it. Uh, here's what we promise. At the end of three months, if God hasn't blessed you, then we'll give you all your money back for that three-month period of time. So what you'll need to do is just email me at chuck at crossroadschurch.com. And I, no embarrassment. It's just going to be between us. And I'll make sure you get all three months back. But, but here's the thing. Every time we've offered this, no one wants us to have 
to say, I want their money back. Why? Because God always comes through. And I want you to say, you can trust him. You can trust him, but we'll do it with you. You don't have to do it alone. But you put God first in your communication. You put God first in your finances. You put God first in your convictions. I want to challenge you more than ever during this season to make sure that you're the convictions you hold to are God-centered and from God's word. Don't get caught up in the culture we're in. Don't get caught up in the politics, in the hatred, uh, in, in, in the cancel culture. Be, be committed to God and to his word. Then you put God first in your time. You know what, right now in this season, you might think, well, how do I do that? Well, I'm gonna say serve God. By the way, if you're a great waiter or waitress, you're serving the person you're serving. So make sure you're serving God. You can serve God by hosting online, by the way. So even in this online life we're living, you can serve God. You can serve God by leading a life group, both either virtually or uh, physically. Uh, you can serve God by being a leader in one of our next gen ministries. We are now meeting back on our campus. If you're local, Guess what? We need you to come and be a part of that. But you can also find ways to serve God online in our Next Generation Ministries too. But you just serve God by being a leader in our Next Gen Ministry. And you can serve God by being a part of Adopt-A-Block. Uh, if you're local to us, it's going. But I'm hoping some of you are going to go, I want to do that in my area if you're outside of our area. You just let us know who you are and we're going to be a part of that. So what you need to do is choose to serve God. Choose to serve God. And, and we're going to help you do that. We'd love to help you do that. So we want you to be a part of that. By the way, you also not only put God first in your communication, put God first in your finances, put God first in your, your convictions, put God first in your time, you put God first in your decisions. Uh, Isaiah chapter 30 was big on the fact we always consult God. We always talk to God before we make any decisions. So you ask him what you should do before you make a decision to do anything or everything. So you put God first in your decisions. So here's the thing. God says, if you do that, you will run and not get weary. You will walk and you will not faint. You'll have vitality. You'll have energy. You'll soar like wings on eagles. You'll actually start soaring. You'll go from walking to running to soaring. But if you don't do it, you'll be on the other side, tired, weary, worried, and wiped out. Uh, Amos warns about that. Listen to what Amos says in Amos 8. The time is surely coming. And by the way, it's here, says the sovereign Lord. Well, I will send a famine on the land, but not a famine of bread or of water, but of hearing of the words of the Lord. People will stagger. That means you can't even walk without staggering from sea to sea and wander from border to border, searching for the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. Beautiful girls and young men will grow faint in that day, thirsting for the Lord's word. I think it's interesting. He says young, beautiful girls. That's the idea behind it. And young men will actually be tired and worn out. You guys, that's happening today. I'm watching some of our next generation, uh, the anxiety levels rising, depression's rising, and weariness is increasing. I, I one time talked to some of our young people who are about to have a break, and I, I said, hey, what are you guys going to do on your break? And you know what they said? Get ready. They said, sleep. I'm like, what? What do you mean sleep? You get to have fun. You get to have life. You get... I, I don't know about you, but I, I just find myself, I, 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 sleeping's cool to a point, but I have a hard time at night going to bed because I think I'm going to miss out on something. And I get up in the morning waiting for great things to come. And these young, young, young part of our next generation, 
They're getting worn down and worn out. You know what we need them to do? We need them to understand the vitality of waiting on God. And God wants us to do that. We can't go to the wrong things and experience it. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but there's a a famous, famous guitarist and singer named David Crosby. Uh, he's been in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice and he'll probably be in a third time. He was in a group called Crosby, Stills and Nash, which is a part of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for his own name, David Crosby, and soon probably for Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. But whether you've heard of him or not, he was over it. Uh, years ago, when he was rising to the height of his fame, he was just over it. Uh, he was over it because he didn't like the government. He was over it because he didn't like the Vietnam War. He was over it because he didn't like racism and injustice. He was just over it. But instead of trusting in God, he trusted in drugs and the drug culture. He thought he would find freedom there, but he didn't. He thought he'd find vitality there, but it ruined his life. And here's what he said. It ruined his life and every relationship, every relationship that it mattered to him, all ruined by drugs and the drug culture. Uh, he even recruited other people into it, and some of his friends died by ODing on drugs. He said the first time you use heroin, you feel like, you feel like you're more alive, you feel like you're free, you feel like you're in tune, and you feel like you're more in touch. And then David Crosby said this, and it hit me. He said, but you only get that one time. You only get it once. And every other time you're chasing that high, every other time you're hoping to get that same effect. But he didn't realize what drugs does is a defect. It ends up taking away, it ends up robbing. So here's the thing, is every time he was after that high, he got the opposite. And slowly, slowly, he said, you change. This is him, here's David Crosby said, slowly you change, slowly you're drained. Isn't it interesting to use the word drain? And slowly you end up in bondage. It ruins you, it ruins your relationships, it ruins your finances, and it ruins your life. And by the way, he's close to dying. He's close to dying right now. And uh, he, he, may not, he may not ever get truly free unless he turns to God. I'm praying one day he will. I'm praying one day soon before he dies, he opens his eyes. But he spent the rest of his life chasing a high he would never get, hoping for something that would give him all he hoped for. And he never got it. He still hasn't got it. And by the way, so many others are doing that. For you, it may not be drugs. For you, it may be, you know, chasing after happiness, chasing after uh, a relationship, thinking that will get you somewhere. But in the end, without God, none of that will. And without God, you won't know your purpose, you won't know vitality, you won't know passion. And, and I want you to know how God in Isaiah 40 calls out to us not to go down the wrong path, not to make the wrong choices. In Isaiah 40, 27, it says, Why do you say, O Jacob, and assert, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and the justice do me escapes the notice of God? And God is saying this, he says, you think I don't see? You don't think I'm watching. God is watching you with eyes of love, but he's not gonna help you if you don't turn to him and wait on him. And so when you think, well, God doesn't see what's going on, God does. God sees everything that's going on. And then he goes on to say this in verse 28. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth does not become weary or tired. His understanding, this awesome word, is inscrutable. 
<laughs> I love the word inscrutable. Anybody else, put it in the chat. You love the word inscrutable. Tell the person next to you, I love the word inscrutable. I love that word. Inscrutable means impossible to understand or interpret. God's understanding is impossible to understand or interpret, but he always is willing to give you guidance and direction. By the way, God never gets tired. He never grows weary. Uh, God, God is the one who wants to give you strength. And that's who you go to to get strength, the one who never gets tired, the one who never grows weary. In verse 29, he says, he'll give it to you. It says, he increases the strength of the weary. In him who lacks might, he increases power. That's true even in the times we're living in. God says, you know what, I'll increase it. I'll increase, I'll increase your strength so you're not weary. And I'll, I'll give you might so you'll have power. And then he says, though youths grow weary and tired and vigorous run men stumble badly, yet those who wait on the Lord will do what? Will gain new strength. They'll mount up on wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. God will give you strength and then God will give you new strength. I like that. God will give you strength. God will give you new strength so that you soar on wings like eagles and your life is filled with purpose and energy. The sad thing is Isaiah cried out all this to the people of his day. He said, do you want it? And they didn't want it. You can have it. <laughs> they never had it. The vast majority anyway, there was a remnant that did. The vast majority didn't. So even now God is asking, do you want me to give you strength? Do you want me to give you power? Do you want me to give you vitality? Do you want me to give you purpose? Do you want me to free you from weary and worrying things? Right now you can have all that, but what you have to do is you have to take your order from God. You have to wait on God by coming to him and taking what he says, taking direction from him, taking the order he gives you. And the first thing God always says when you come up and say, Lord, can I take your order? He always says this, I want you to commit your life to me completely. If that's what you want, I'll, I want to give you so much, but you got to make a complete commitment to me. And the Bible says there's two things you do to make that commitment to him. One is you, you pray and you actually tell him, yes, I want it. And so, you know what God is saying to you? Do you want the $12,000 tip? Do you want the incredible life? Do you want to not be over it? Do you want to live in love in the way you could with peace and joy? And you say, yes, God, I want this. I want to be free from sin. I want to be committed to you. I want to literally have everything you have for me. And you tell God, I'm willing to give myself to you completely so I can completely get all you have for me. So you pray a prayer. And I'm going to lead that prayer in just a moment. I'd love for you to pray it with me. You could pray it for the first time. You could pray it to recommit. By the way, you could pray it with others. You don't have to pray it alone. Pray it with me, but pray the prayer and mean it. The second thing God says is I want you to tell people you did it. By the way, Jesus said you need to let people know. All throughout the Bible, whenever anybody made a commitment to God, they were to let people know. That's the next order God gives you is go let it be known. And I want you to let us know you're doing this by texting the word amen which means the truth, it means for real, to 69922. So right now, right now, don't even wait to pray the prayer. If you're gonna do it and it's for real, text amen to 69922. Go ahead and do that. Or when we pray the prayer right away, text amen. And when you do, what are we gonna do? We're gonna get back to you because we wanna know who you are. Remember, the idea is to make yourself known. And then we wanna give you a free copy uh, a free electronic copy of the, the best-selling book, The Purpose Driven Life, so you can discover God's purpose for you. We wanna give that to you for free, but you just gotta make yourself known. But right now, are you ready to say yes to him? Right now, are you ready to get ready? 
to wait on God in an active way by praying this prayer, by having the verb to wait by praying this prayer. If so, pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know you love me and I know you died on the cross for me and you died on the cross for my sins. I pray you'll forgive me and cleanse me from all my sin. I pray you'll heal me from hurt and pain. And I pray you'll free me from anything that holds me down or holds me back. But most of all, I pray you'll make me yours. I pray you'll make me alive. And I pray you'll make me brand new. So I say yes. I say yes to you. And I say yes to the life you have for me. So take me now and make me yours. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you prayed amen, praise God. That is so incredible. And, and I want you to know we want to celebrate with you, but make sure in text, amen to 69922. But as we end our time today, I want to do a special thank you to Cowboy Surfer who allowed us to be here. And by the way, if you want great country fried steak, <laughs> this is a place to come to. Amazing gravy uh, uh, and other food too. So if you're local, come. If you visit Crossroads, hunt down Cowboy Surfer, uh, which we did want to thank. But we also want you to know that God could not be more for you and God wants to give you strength and may you find his strength. May you find his joy and may you find his love this week. Wait on God this week. Let's wait on God together. God bless you and have a great week.